Have you ever seen that comedian talk about? Um, uh, he was doing. He's a stand-up comedian. He, he they were talking about him doing a show in Atlanta, and everybody around him was like, "Man, Atlanta's dangerous. Mm. Why are you going to Atlanta to the stand-up show?" And was like this, and he's like, "Man, I." I was I was raised in Florida, like we're only one flood away from having alligators in our backyard. Like people get shot on every corner. Like there's hurricanes, yeah. <laughs> the deadliest snakes in America. Like it's, every time you step outside in Florida, you could potentially die. It's not that it's big. Australia of the USA. <laughs> not to mention all the crazies, <laughs> all the crazy people. Yep. And I think you mentioned that he was like there was a guy that ate bath salts yep. a couple years ago and then chewed off somebody's face, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard about Florida. <laughs> yeah. Florida is a, a wild place. Now, the tourist areas aren't so bad, I don't think. But like, I you mean, get out of those like, Miami's pretty rough. And it's pretty Never touristy. been to Miami. My brother went to Miami. I want to do Miami pretty bad, but I mean, I'm not going to get anywhere that's going to get me in trouble. Though. Right. So. They, they went for a Dolphins game, I think. Mm. I think that's because uh, his uh, mother-in-law is a huge Dolphins fan. So they went, they went and did that. Did he watch the Raiders play the Dolphins? I think that's what it was. I figured that's probably what it had to be to get him yeah. there. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'm a big enough NFL fan. I've been uh, to several games of, you know, I'm a Pittsburgh fan, and I've been to several games in Atlanta just to watch NFL football. Yeah, the Pittsburgh wasn't playing in. So, did you hear about mm. the what? What's the the small league that has a Birmingham team? Oh, uh, the USFL. Is it USFL? Mm-hmm. They went to a lot of those games. Yeah, that's a really cheap ticket and a really good time, apparently. Yeah, that's what I heard. They said they they really enjoyed it. They really got into it, but I never went. I know. I feel like I've heard, maybe because we have a local team, but I feel like I've heard more in in their off-season football, too, if you didn't know. They run in the spring instead Mm -hmm. of in the fall. I heard more about the USFL than I did about the XFL, which I don't know what that says about The Rock and his new endeavor. But uh, I think it's just that they haven't done anything. Have they even had a season yet? Yeah, they've just played a whole season. Exactly. That's why I've never. I didn't even hear anything about it. it. Is it be, televised? We may have a local bias because we don't have an XFL team, right? Yet. So they didn't bring the Birmingham Bolts back like they did several other teams. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was televised, but I don't remember. What was it televised on? Was it, ES- was it ESPN? Uh, maybe I don't know. I didn't fucking catch one. I didn't either. I didn't even know they had a full season. I'll tell you, this is uh, this is Zach's rant before his rants. <laughs> I've said, if you know me, you've heard me say this before. The best thing the USFL and the XFL can do is, and actually it'd be great for college football too, because all these old fuckers that are complaining about NIL. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with what NIL is? Uh, vaguely, but so basically, a football player can make his make money off of his own name, image, and likeness. Right. There's there's NIL, right? Which is completely fair because as a musician that was on scholarship at UNA, like I could go cut my own record and play my own gigs and make my own money independently of the university. Mm-hmm. So if everybody else on the campus on scholarship can do that, why shouldn't a football player be able to do that? I mean, it's because there's too much money in it for I mean, them. It's, it's, you know, so I support NIL. That's not the issue. But for all the old fuckers that are bitching about NIL, these kids want to make money. Let the XFL and USFL um, be a farm league for the NFL and let them draft out of high school. Mm-hmm. Most of those kids that are getting big NIL deals would go play professional football right out of high school. And bypass NIL, and then all you old fuckers have it your way, and then mm-hmm. we have a better product in the USFL and XFL. Right. Because you have young people playing a sport instead of washed-up ex-pros playing right. a sport. Makes sense to me. It makes sense to me, yeah. But <laughs> but what do we know? But what we, do we know? We, we, don't, we don't have the money. That's to... something that fan opinion really should. Right. Should it... it should matter more than, more than it does, because we're the ones that they're – 
Like major, minor league baseball does really fucking well. Like the Barons and and the Trash Pandas do pretty fucking good. Like they they have really good turnouts at games, and it's a fun experience for yeah. people. There's no reason why there shouldn't be this, a cheap a cheap ticket and a good night out for a football fan too. Right. But they all want to rival the NFL. That's the wrong fucking mindset. Yeah, I I, I it's would, never gonna fucking happen because yeah. the product's not as good. Yeah, the NFL is like so huge at this point that. I don't. I don't know what you could do to even get to there because they're so closely tied to. You undercut them in college, and you and you act as a farm system and say, an eighteen year old is going to get a three or four year rookie contract when he's done with his rookie contract if he's good enough to go. Now you can't go to college after you right. played professionally, but if you're good enough to go play in the NFL or CFL, you go do that. And if not, you stay where you're at. You stay where you're at, and you just play your rest of your contract, yeah, play or... professional career, and you know USFL or, or XFL, right. Makes sense to me. All right. That's the rant before the rant. And uh, the, the sneaky bit of uh, content that we're doing before we start the actual podcast is the actual recipe for what we're drinking. So today I made a beer cocktail, which is essentially, uh, I did an IPA. We did a shandy for you. But what I did was I made a tequila old fashioned, which is three ounces per drink, three ounces of tequila, an ounce of simple syrup uh, and orange bitters. And I made two of those. I shook it up, poured it, and we got to have a tall glass. You pour it in a tall glass, and it fills up about half the glass, and you fill the rest of your the glass up with some type of citrusy beer. So so you got a lemon shandy. I got a double IPA, um, and it's fucking delicious. Yeah, it's really good. I was, it's surprisingly I was fucking good, and it's completely off the cuff yeah. and just fucking made up. <laughs> so, like, y'all try that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Is really, really good. Different experiences between mine and his. His mm-hmm. is a, has a much lighter beer on it, so his uh, his tastes less herbally. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine mine almost has like a Christmassy vibe, where his is very summery. So yeah. just depends on the beer you use. It's good, though. Okay. Try it. So that means you can also alter it to your taste buds. Yeah, you absolutely could. Just depending on the beer that you choose. Exactly. That's the rant before the rant and the, and the recipe before the rant. Before the rant too. <laughs> so we're going on some rants this episode, huh? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think the topic will be a little ranty, but not, I don't know, maybe not terribly. I apparently I have a strange way of making all topics a little ranty. <laughs> that's fair. That, I, that, is, that is something that people have probably noticed at this point. I definitely have noticed, but it is what it I, is. I'm in for it. I'm in for the ride on the whole thing, so... Uh, in in uh, I was gonna say a word, but I can't think of it now. So welcome to the Sip It and Rip It podcast, guys. Welcome. <laughs> that was bad timing. But We're not. It's not. Uh, it's not the Toe It and Rip It podcast. I swear. I'm not. I'm not taking a dickhead off a bong or anything before I do the introduction. Although that could be a that could be a new episode for a new day. You know, <laughs> I can't if we ever want to shift. You know I can't I mean? say I can partake in that personally, but. Uh, you know, I'm not going to stop you from. I mean, I'm not going to. But nobody. This is going to end up in another rant. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a recreational stoner, man. I don't know how anybody can fucking just get high and operate normally. I've known a few. I've known plenty. I've known quite plenty, a few, honestly. honestly, in my family but, even. But, but you know, uh, rest in peace. I mean, I've never been able to do that, dude. Especially this new shit, so fucking strong. The only thing I want to do is eat and go to sleep. Yeah. That's it. Do gummies rec- recreationally? I do dummy- gummies to go to sleep sometimes, but I've cut that out since Sandy's been pregnant. Yeah, that makes sense. Not to mention, um, if you didn't know this, this is important for powerlifters. Um, is it Joe? Is it Joe Sullivan or, or Doctor Lane that's talked about this before? Um, Probably both. 
uh, marijuana has a weird way of messing up your fight or flight system. Mm. So it can negative while it enhances recovery, it can negatively in, impact how your nervous system responds to heavyweight. And what I noticed during prepping in particular is uh, the day after I had taken a gummy or smoked or something like that, um, I felt really lethargic in the gym and everything felt a little heavier in the gym. So even though you're getting the benefits of extra sleep mm-hmm. and deeper sleep out of it, there is some negative return to, I would say if you're going to do it as a power lifter, make sure you do it the day, the night before a rest day. Yeah. I was about to say and do not, it on rest days or like maybe if you're doing You want to do it the night before a rest day, that way you're, you have that effect on a rest day and not on the day you're lifting. Or an active recovery day where you're just like <laughs> yeah, kind of doing some walking or some cardio. Yeah, absolutely. But you don't need to do it when you're, if you got a, you know, if you got an RPE 10 single, you know, four weeks out from a meet, you probably don't need to do it the night before you yeah. do that. So that makes sense to me. I couldn't tell from experience. So. Well, I can. <laughs> absolutely. Is but I feel like either Joe or, or Lane have talked about that yeah, before. I, I feel Maybe like you can confirm with Joe one day. But yeah. I I feel like I know Joe has talked a lot before about the side effects of uh, marijuana with lifting. I feel like Lane Norton has too, though. So I, I can know. tell you, I, it makes me wonder how after having done it a pretty good bit, it makes me wonder how Brandon Allen squat that immaculate fucking <laughs> ten sixteen or ten eighteen walked it out of the monolift, and he at the time he was a professional powerlifter. He's actually one hundred percent clean now. By the time he's a professional powerlifter, I have never seen somebody that smoked more pot than that guy. <laughs> I believe Like, that. I have no fucking idea. How he, and I understand why, because that load and the level in which he did it, he was probably had chronic pain all the time, so I can imagine it probably helped significantly. Right. But, fuck. Like, <laughs> when I tell you it's, it like really fucks up your flat, uh, fight or flight system, it does, man. Like, I don't know that it's worth it. Maybe he, maybe it was just adaptation at that point. Maybe he was just so used to it. Tolerance. Yeah, tolerance. My tolerance has always been pretty low because I've never used it recreationally. I've always used it. It's cheesy to say you've I've always used it uh, pretty much medicinally, but I've always helped help me either to help me sleep or like if I use it recreationally, maybe a little while before like a big meal. Yeah. Like I remember me and Sandy and, and Elizabeth one time did charcuterie boards and uh you know, I took some before before yeah. that. That was awesome. But the only thing that's going to do after after you get done eating, the only thing that's going to do is put you to sleep. So <laughs> it ends up being recreational in context anyway. Yeah. Like, I, I can't. I've never been one of those guys that can do it at eleven a.m. and go to work. Oh my god, dude! There's so many people so many I people work that with. can do it. Like, I swear, like walking from the parking lot to the front door, I smell it all the time. There's one dude came in. He just was. Like I, I was standing about. That's supposed to be a drug-free area too. By the oh way. yeah, for a hundred percent. I was standing a little further away than I am from you right now, and I could smell it just strong coming off. He literally was probably in his car smoking it and just basking in it for like thirty minutes. <laughs> Let's call the hot box. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he came in. And what gets me is that there were all three security guys and the security manager right there, and they just let him walk in. And I was like, bro, I know you can smell this because I you can know, smell le- it too. Legally, unfortunately, it's probably one of them things that like they can't really do anything about it until he does something about it. Yeah. He fucks up at work and has to be drug tested or something yeah. like that. Like, it probably because, is. Because like, what happens on your property and in your time, Yeah, it's your property and your time, you know what I mean? So... It is what it is. Kind of shitty, but it yeah. is what it is. It's just one of those things. It's like, man, I don't know if that's safe, though. It's like, probably not, but that's the reason why they drug test after an accident. Yeah. It's so, true. It is what it is. Very true. But anyway, that's another rant. 
Um, three rants deep. <laughs> yeah, already. Uh, we didn't mention our socials, but just to go ahead. You can find me at Nathan Skedios. And me at ZG underscore Summer Shred Journey, which is still liable to change. Yeah. How, how about you can find me at, at Coleman underscore Barbell. Yeah. Professional account. There you go. There you go. <clears throat> can just start plugging that. Yep. Let's start plugging that. Yep. Um, and then the podcast at Sip It and Rip It with an N, not an and. Sip it and rip it. Y'all did help us determine that uh, the Last Supper would make a better tramp stamp than the word classy would. I appreciate that. Uh, Nathan thought I was going to go get that tattoo after it pulled, but I no, have not. I, I said I said you should. I definitely uh, said I you said should. I should not. That's why, that's why I voted for the Last Supper on my personal account. Dude, the Last Supper would have been, that, I bet that would be, honest to God, you couldn't get that done in one sitting. I bet it would be, oh, it'd it'd be, be a three multi- or four sitting, yeah. and it would be a lot of money to have a tramp stamp of jesus <laughs> you'd have to find somebody if, if there was ever anything that guaranteed a path to hell <laughs> it would probably be a tramp stamp of the last supper probably probably so but you know you know what's kind of funny about the last supper <laughs> there's another rant these weren't necessarily they weren't necessarily rich men right like they were, right you know, they, yeah they were basically vagabonds like mm-hmm. city city and stuff like that right the fuck are they doing eating that dinner in that photo? I'm not saying that's where they actually ate it, but in that painting, what the fuck are they doing eating in that fucking like righteous like <laughs> like it's su- like, like super nice looking like they got like, in, in, invited to fucking Caesar's palace and they're like fucking eating the, <laughs> eating at the nicest conference room. You know, I, I think like, you know, you know. I think that is just artist rendition. No, it's an artist rendition. You know, it's like it's, it's interpretation. Yeah, for sure. But it's all very like Romanesque and very like. Well, th- those guys were trying to kill him. I doubt right. he was eating somewhere like that. It was probably up in some shack. Let's be honest. On a fucking park bench or a picnic table somewhere. Well, in in their times, realistically, like there was probably somebody's house. I I couldn't tell you the story off the top of my head. Probably they were in somebody's house upstairs in somebody's attic. And nobody would be sitting facing the same direction. No. No, it would definitely (laughs) not be this big table. And they're like, (laughs) waving at each other from a distance. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would it would definitely have been more like sitting across stuff. That's you heard it here first. Da Vinci's a fuck up. <laughs> Art's good, but genius, yeah. my ass. Nah. <laughs> well, so that's four. That's four. Um, but we just said social. So drinks. Uh, drinks, drinks. Yeah, we got a. Um, if you want to listen, if you want the recipe, you'll have to listen to all the bullshit at the beginning. Or we're gonna, we still don't know if we're gonna like uh, bank those and save them for an entire episode or not, but we may do that. I definitely think we're gonna do something with them. I haven't, I haven't clipped them off yet, but I've got all the stuff saved. So. Basically, though, this is a beer cocktail. It is a tequila old fashioned uh, topped with uh, a citrusy beer of your choice. I chose a double IPA. Nathan's got a lemon shandy. Mm-hmm. So I think it was tangerine. Tangerine shandy. My bad. But same. But anyway, a super lot beer, super citrusy. Yeah. It is what it is. There is a little bit of pineapple juice on top of this just to help sweeten it up a little bit, but that's to taste. Y'all do it if you want to. Yeah. So I definitely feel like when I drank the, when I sipped the top of it, all I got was that, oh, excuse me, beery, kind of beery, light beery, and I didn't really taste much. And then when we got the straws in there and I got to the bottom of it, much better cocktail. Much better. I'm also a fan, and this is a, uh, this is a, uh, Kind of a cocktail no-no in a way, but I'm actually a bigger fan of when the when the drink dies a little bit, and what what it means when it dies is when the ice melts basically and it's diluted. Right. 
Um, but these stronger drinks, I'm actually a little bit bigger of a fan when it has a little bit of water on top of yeah. it, too. It seems like it kind of melts out. Now, the... the issue in a bar is if it starts to die before you get it served, then maybe it's too watery by the time somebody's drinking it right. or something. But, like, I actually appreciate it as I drink it getting slightly watered down, if that yeah, makes sense. I get but, you. I get you. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind it at all. That's why my, my go-to drink, just in general, is, like, whiskey or rum with Coke. Yeah. Coke Zero, specifically. And like I'll let it sit, I'll, like I get it, I'll stir it all up, mix it together, and then I'll drink it. And sometimes I'll let it sit until all the ice melts, and I'll just keep drinking it. You know, yeah, like. it's fine. That is a no-no in a bar, though, for obvious reasons. It causes right. customer service issues and stuff yeah. like that. So if you got one professional, you probably wouldn't want that. But at home, kind of fucking good if it dies yeah. a little bit. So it just depends on taste too, I guess. Yes, yeah, probably. Yeah. If it was a really expensive liquor, maybe I'd be pissed off about it. Right. But like we're mostly, I mean, we bought some, we buy some top shelf stuff sometimes, but like mostly we're doing like Mid. 30, 40, 50 dollar bottles of alcohol. Yeah. We're not buying, like this wasn't made with fucking Patron. It was made with Cornitos, which right. is a fine tequila and I like it just fine, but it wasn't a hundred dollar bottle. Right. So yeah, you're not, you're not worried about wasting the hundred dollars on it, getting a little water yeah. down. No, no. So this is what it is pr songs pr songs i actually i'm actually with it today on this are you me too because I, I have several I have several um and i'm gonna i'll just go ahead and start because i've already got it pulled up uh and i don't know if this is a it said 2023 i don't know if this is a new single or if it's something remastered because the quality seemed a little lower than normal for for them but carnifex put out a uh, single called Necromantium, and it's pretty freaking dope. I'm, I'm hit or miss on Carnifex. The things I like, I like, and the things I hate, I fucking hate. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hot or cold all the time. I, I feel like this one might be a little too death gory for you. Um, and that was what I'm going to add it to our story. By the way, we're doing that now from now, from now yeah, on. Yeah, so anytime we, we add a uh, a song to the playlist, we're going to try and add it to our story and That's just kind of uh, give a little snippet of it. Necromantium? Uh, Necromantium. And it may or may not be on there because it's brand new. Um, and other than that, and Under I don't... see. Yes. If, if you're looking for the spelling, it's N-E-C-O-R-M-A-N-T-E-U-M. Just like Necromancer, but T-U-M. Oh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, you get a little snippet of it. Sweet. Yeah, a little snippet of it right here on the old, uh, on the old story. Cool. Yeah. We have found it. We have found it. We have found it. All right. That's the first one up. What about you? Um, so mine is uh, Breeding Ground by um, Harmsway. Breeding Grounds by Harmsway. Mm. Um, I didn't know that they had a, a record from 2021. I'm still listening to the same old record from like 2018, but... Mm. Uh, Breeding Grounds by Harmsway is really fucking good. I listened to it several times today. It's fucking great. And you know, I feel like I've heard that song before. I feel Probably. like I feel like they released it as a single at some point. Maybe not. No, maybe, I don't I know. I feel like that. Yeah, that there was a. Um, they seemed like they released a lot of those as singles before they put out the whole. Um, oh yeah. Lots, before they put out the whole. Lots uh, of bands have started doing that since the Spotify era. It's like twenty. Pretty much COVID, I guess, 2020, when they aren't doing live shows. Because I feel like a lot of the times beforehand, give you a little listen. Yeah, a little listen. I'm sorry. I'm posting these to our Instagram for us, so that's the reason why you're getting some of them through the mic now. 
but that's okay. help you out. <laughs> but that's okay. That that yeah. just gives them a little a little taste. A little taste. Um, but no, I think I think a lot of times they would debut new songs like at live shows and stuff and get people hyped up for them, and then when what well, COVID came about, they're like, well, we still want to play music. You know, we're still going to make music. So they would just start releasing stuff on Spotify, and I think that just kind of became the trend. Yeah, it's kind I mean, of it, it kind like of makes to sense for them too. I think uh, I honestly think it kind of. Um, Marketing wise, it probably makes sense for a lot of independent bands because yeah. all these bands are like either 100% self financed or mm-hmm. have a very small record label financed yeah. them. So, but even bands like Slipknot have been doing that lately. They've been putting out a lot of necessity. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's probably a little bit better for the smaller bands, to be honest. Yeah. So, uh, I'll go ahead and do my second one, and it is Spheres of Madness by Decapitated. I like Decapitated a lot. I'll be honest with you. I I heard the name. It randomly popped up on Spotify. So Spotify has this new thing where when you listen to your like songs, if you put it on like shuffle or whatever, it will every couple songs, it will throw out a, song, a suggestion, basically. And uh, I think I was mowing the yard and this came on and I was like, kind of fucking rips, dude. Um. So we, uh, I listened to that and I was like, eh, this, th- I could, I could lift to this. Like this was, this was right. dope. I, I, how old are they? Cause I feel like they're, they're like a little older. Am I crazy? The Capitate has been around a long time. Yeah. yeah probably since the early two thousands or even late nineties, maybe. Yeah. Cause um, I, was feel, I was feeling like it was late nineties death metal. Cause that's what it sounded like to me. But, but, uh, mine's an oldie, but a goodie too right here. It is from the 2008 record watershed. And mm-hmm. it is Air Apparent by Opeth. It's a good song. Fucking rips. That song's so good. Um, now, this one's long-winded. Um, I don't really always like long-winded stuff for the gym. Um, because I kind of just want to hear that, hear a fucking badass riff and mm-hmm. get my lift out of the way. And, like, maybe set on the rest of the song while while I'm in between sets or something right. like that. And then next set's a new, a new, new song, new riff. Right. right. So, uh, it is what it is. But Air Apparent's awesome. Um... Got to add it over here, too. But uh, definitely listen to that. If you don't listen to Opeth already, you should. Um, if you're a musician of any type, even if you don't play this type of music, you definitely should be listening to Opeth. Opeth um, is one of those bands. It's similar to Between the Buried and Me, I feel like, where they are very, like, what's the word? Broad. Like, they have a broad spectrum of sounds. They absolutely do. Um, I will say this, though. Opeth, while it's a progressive band, too, they're genius in a sense that they have a remarkable way of making really complicated things sound really simple. So mm-hmm. if you're a musician, you'll notice if you're not a musician, just an average listener, it's probably not going to just like blow you away. Like right between the buried me is like very in your face about how out there they are. Right. Opeth is very, very subtle about yeah. those things. So yeah. um, definitely give them a listen though. It's awesome. Yeah. If I don't really want, I don't want to add more to the PR list, but like, my, I'll just say that my favorite Opeth song is "The Grand Conjuration" because that song just yeah, that song rips. I like uh, a lot of people shit on it, but "Sorceress" is a from a, a newer record is a really good Opeth I haven't song. Heard too. that? What, um, what year did that come out? Like two tw- 2012, 2013, probably okay. fourteen, maybe. What album was that? Um, let me look really quick. Uh, so we're talking about the Sorceress. It's twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Yeah, and uh, hell, another one. While we're on the Opeth thing, is uh. Uh, the main song from, uh, it's not the titled song, but from the album Heritage, The Devil's Orchard, which yeah. is very, 
you got to be like kind of a Rush fan or something like that for this very like 1970s prog. They got away from like their mm-hmm. progressive death metal sound and more into like progressive, as you right. know. Like, yeah. yeah. So it is what it is. But like you said, they're very, very broad, so they can really pull anything like that, anything yeah. like that off. So, um, man, we could talk forever. I could have a whole podcast about Opeth probably. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're a very talented band and just like musically just impressive michael ackerfeld uh another uh, death metal band i love that he used to sing for he doesn't anymore is bloodbath yeah bloodbath is good yeah, especially if you like things a little uh sacrilegious <laughs> bloodbath is, yeah. uh, bloodbath's pretty good <laughs> um but yeah um opeth man fucking rips so are we forgetting anything no i mean that's all i mean that's... i could probably keep going on pr songs but two a piece is probably good yeah. right so so we'll get into the the meat of our podcast today um which is uh kind of just like i kind of called it buyer beware um for online coaching but like red flags for online coaches online programs just stuff to look out for because me and you kind of talked about something and we won't go into any specifics but basically someone was selling a program and you bought it and you looked at it and kind of dissect it and we're like this is kind of shit Right, it's really shit, and it's by a pretty. We're not, no, we're not calling anybody out because that's the last person we want heat from. <laughs> but it's by a very, very pr- talented and prominent lifter. Right, that and also the, happens to have a very big mouth, which is the reason why we don't want to say specific. And a big total too. <laughs> and a big total. And yeah. and does Brazilian jiu jitsu <laughs> and has several guns <laughs> and is very proud of them. He's probably yeah, <laughs> very, very capable of driving to Alabama and killing us dead <laughs> if he wanted to. But he probably doesn't care enough to kill us. But. Um, either way, like the program itself, just looking at it, it was just very simple, very basic and just not something that you would typically feel like paying money for. It looked more like something you'd get off bodybuilding.com. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, honest to God, you could probably see the same amount of gains from like Windler 531 or something. Right. Like that, which is fine. We've talked at, you know, at length that the best program is a program you can stick to. Mm-hmm. Um, in the beginning, that's probably a fine program. Right. But it's not a custom program. That's not going to yeah. address... An individual's weaknesses, an individual's problems, anything like that. And listen, template pro- template program is not supposed to, but it was so general and so vague that uh, I think it'd be hard for anybody to make gains for a long period of time. Right. So just to just to kind of like start off, and I'm just gonna I, I wrote down a couple of things that I kind of wanted to touch on that was me personally, and you can either add in more or just kind of riff off of what I got, but. One thing that really strikes me as like a big red flag before buying an online program is do they do one-on-one coaching? And if they do not do one-on-one coaching, I don't really want to buy a program from them because yeah. that, that just tells me that they're not willing to take the time to address somebody's weaknesses. They're not willing to address specific specificity. specificity yep. Um, so why would I want to buy a program from this guy when it's probably going to be like we just talked about something yeah. really cookie cutter, really basic that's going to apply to a broad sense of like lifting, just like just basic stuff. And I don't mean in the Ronnie Coleman, just basic stuff, right. like simple, like you do your squat, bench, and deadlift, you do your back and your biceps, your, you know, just your chest accessory yeah. work and your leg accessory work and you're done. You know what I mean? Like, right. I mean... I would tend to agree with that. I would say that coaches that I am willing to buy templates from and not buy direct coaching from are all almost always exclusively people that do one-on-one. Yeah. Like, so for instance, I've bought RP programs before, mm-hmm. but if I wanted to get coaching directly from Jared Feather or Dr. Mike, you can do that. Yeah. 
Um, ben Pollock has really, really good templates that mm-hmm. are available. Um, I don't know if Joe does or not. Um, I don't think that Joe no, does. I don't think he does do um, program templates. But uh, so. Juggernaut has been another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, me and you were both disciples of Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that matter, everybody we've hired isn't. It's not too too much of a stretch from what we've done on Juggernaut. For right. that matter, for even the coaches that we've hired, mm-hmm. even when you talk about Ron, who has no affiliation with Juggernaut whatsoever, still very Juggernaut like. Mm-hmm. Like, not saying Juggernaut's the like the end all the peak, be all. but I'm just telling you that Juggernaut does enough one on one coaching and does enough individualized things, whether it be through AI or their actual one on one coaching, mm-hmm. that they know what they're doing. Right. right? It just says what it is. I, for one, am about to start selling templates, but guess what you can buy from me? One-on-one coaching. One-on-one coaching. Yeah. 100% customizable coaching, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, yeah, the issue with that is um, they want your money, but they don't want you as a problem. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing. There's not yeah. a lot of investment in the person. Exactly. Because you see a lot of these people who do the online coaching uh, one-on-one. Like I And I can talk specifically about Joe being, being a client of his. He always talks about how much he wants to further the sport and how much he wants to invest in the person. Yeah. Um, from, from As a, a coach, that should be your first priority is investment in the individual. From a personal standpoint, he he has pulled my head out of my ass several times. I've come to him, I'll be like, man, this sucks. I feel weak. Like something's not going right. And he'll be like, well, it's just going to be that way because you're not where you're. The plan isn't to get you there Right now, the plan is to fix certain things. Yeah. When you get those things fixed, then we're going to go in and work on the strength and, and getting yeah. where you need to be before you meet. And sometimes as as a lifter, you know, even as a seasoned lifter, I, I still get into that spot where I'm like, oh, I feel like I should be stronger yeah, than I am right now. You have right to now. be checked in a way. Yeah. <laughs> some, even, even the most, you know, seasoned lifters, you kind of have to be checked sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what you get from one-on-one coaching. And that's what... You, that's what you want out of someone, whether they are just writing uh, programs for you or you're buying a template, someone who cares about the individual and cares about the sport. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you why it's smart as a coach like myself. Like I said, this is something I'm about to start doing on, on the Instagram page, the Coleman Barbell Instagram page. Um, as a coach, the reason why it's smart to offer templates is because it's your decision as the client to determine whether or not you want one-on-one coaching or just a plan. Mm-hmm. You want one-on-one coaching where I'm going to check form check every day for you, um, write you a custom program, maybe aid in nutrition, stuff like that. Um, that's great. Some people just don't want that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why people are buying Juggernaut AI, RP Hypertrophy app, stuff like that, because some people just, they may not either, whether it's because they don't can't afford it or because they think they can fix things on their own. For whatever reason, there are plenty of clients that don't want the one-on-one experience. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not they, I think personally, everybody should have it. Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not you want it though, is your decision. And me as a coach, it's not my place to judge, but if I can offer you a service, a service one way or the other, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Right. I have to make a living at this is I think regardless of how much money you make as a coach. And I think most coaches will tell you this, um, whether it's time, it's not often money, but whether it's time or whatever, you end up probably actually investing in the person, especially if there's somebody you really believe in more than they actually pay you. Right. Monetarily, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm, it may be time I invest in somebody that's really good. Um, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be really good. Are they really dedicated? Mm-hmm. Are they doing what I asked them to? Right. Be a brand new lifter. Never put a barbell on her back one time in their life. And that's fair. But I mean, 
as the individual goes, like I spend a lot of time investing in the individual. I can't tell you how many programs I've given away. I have a guy in Decatur right now, um, and we should probably tag him and Joey Miller that uh, I'm doing everything. I just waived all fees and everything for him. He's doing everything for free because I believe that guy's probably going to have one of the better drug tested totals in Alabama. Yeah. So uh, as a coach, though, you do a whole lot of investing in people. Mm-hmm. And it just behooves us and our paycheck to offer a template. That doesn't mean we don't care about you. It does mean, though, that we're willing to meet those people that don't necessarily want one-on-one coaching in the middle. Right. No. So. And that that <clears throat> kind of touches on one of the green flags I had because um, I had them separated from red and green. But one of the green flags of uh, someone who is writing a template is, are they giving away information for free? Yeah. There's a lot of influencers out there who offer free information for people just so that they can learn just like all you have to do is like listen to their podcast or watch their reels or stories on Instagram. They give away free information all the time. If this person that is offering a program for you to buy is not giving away information, that's, that's a red flag for me because if they're not giving away free information, is it because they're greedy and they think, oh, I don't want to give away information because then they won't pay me for it? Or is it because they don't know? They don't know enough to give out free information. Yeah, and that is a huge red flag because I will tell you this, and, and maybe this will get into something later. Uh, just because you're a good player doesn't mean you're a good coach. Um, perfect example of that, going back to the football world, y'all know I'm not an Alabama fan. I fucking hate them. But best team in the world right now is the University of Alabama. They're the best at it because Nick Saban's the best. Mm-hmm. Nick Saban doesn't have a Super Bowl ring as a player. Oh, yeah. He played at fucking Kent State. I'm not even sure how often he saw the field. He was a defensive back there. Like He may have been a starter. I don't fucking know. Alabama fans chime in. Tell me you know, what the deal is. I don't know. But this is not somebody that ever played for a national championship, mm-hmm. never won the Heisman Trophy, never won defensive back trophies, uh, never played for a national title, never went on the NFL. To, uh, to win a Super Bowl ring or anything like that as a player, but he's the best goddamn coach in the world. Right. Like, yeah, that is. It is what it is. So you do have to, you do have to take a step back because there are some people, not like Joe. Joe's a player and a mm. coach. I mean, he knows, yeah. knows the sport in and out. But like the person that we mentioned, a for, aforementioned person that, mm. you know, whose name will not be recognized <laughs> <laughs> formally. Um, formally on the show. But, you know, you look, you look at that guy, like he's one of the best players in the game right now. Yeah. Undeniable. 100% a fucking badass. He himself has the one of the most badass coaches on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, if not the most badass coach on the planet. That that coaching will fucking run you a pretty penny every month. Too. Right. A car payment's probably cheaper. Right. Um, even for like online programming with that person. So, but just because he's good doesn't mean... He can coach you. That it doesn't mean he can coach you and doesn't mean that he can make you good. Yeah. Also, if these templates are anything like the program he's received, you have to remember this is somebody that's totaling 2,000 plus pounds. Their needs are drastically different from a beginner, intermediate, mm-hmm. or even a lower level advanced athlete. Yeah. This is an international elite. You're talking about somebody that deals with eight, 900 pound back squats. They're not going to be able to tolerate the same volume that a normal person can. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that goes into it. And just because he can go get strong on that template doesn't mean that you're going to go get strong on that template. So when you're talking about are they a good athlete, you have to also ask, are they do they also have a track record as a good coach? Yeah, and that that was another... uh, Because Joe, when I think about Joe, like I don't want to say that his world record back squat's an afterthought, but I don't think of Joe Sullivan as an athlete first. I think of Joe as a coach first. 
It's the same thing with Chad Wesley Smith. Even when he was still active in powerlifting back in the day, the dude was outrageously strong. I don't know if he, I think he had like a 2,300 pound total or mm-hmm. something. Outrageously strong. But I always thought of Chad as a coach before I thought of him right. because of the knowledge he gave out. Mm-hmm. Max Ada, his, um, his, uh, his partner in crime, great weightlifter before he became a powerlifter, uh, has won a lot of records in both, set a lot of records in both sports. Um, that's another person I think of, even as good of an athlete he is, I think of him as a coach before I do. Another perfect example, and I know he, back in the day he probably had a handful of records that he set. Somebody that was kind of, he was above average, but not very much above average. Wasn't the best lifter, but had some of the best lifters in the game. Is Louis Simmons. Yeah. Known, you know, uh, you know, we're not conjugate people, so it's hard to say that he was one of the best coaches to ever ever do it, but he was in terms of innovation and stuff like that. Yeah. And had people across the board much, much stronger than him and much, much more capable than him, but he was a badass fucking coach. Yeah. He had That's, Mark <clears throat> Bell. He had um, uh, Matt Winning. Matt Winning, yeah. Um, freaking, who are uh, both also... Like well, Mark Bell didn't does coaching. Vogelpol used to do another coaching. one that's you know uh, you know extremely extremely strong. Um, but you think about uh, Matt Winnie as a coach, like he do, he he is, he is actively a coach and he is actively a good coach. That's somebody that squatted nine hundred pounds before too, and yeah. like also, I think of Matt Winnie as a coach yeah. before I think of him as a powerlifter, even though he set plenty of fucking records mm-hmm. and stuff like that. <clears throat> I would say that you do need somebody that does both, mm-hmm. but they don't necessarily have to be a, a powerlifter. At a super high level. Right. I think um, what it takes is a love for the sport. That's yeah, that's and, that's yeah. one of the green flags for me is, are they in love with the sport itself? Like, are they going to take the sport seriously? Like, how active are they in it? You know, e- whether they're an elite total, uh, an average total, whatever, do they have a love for the sport? Because yeah. if they love, for, they love the sport, they're going to want to push the sport further. And if they want to push the sport further, they're going to take the time to build something good. Those of us who want to push push the sport further, like for me, first of all, it's building a name for Coleman as much as Mm -hmm. I fucking hate to say it because I don't always love this town. Um, But for Coleman and for Alabama, like, I feel like the state of Alabama, with the exception of Ron and Perseus is done now, but with the exception of Ron and Jawan Garrison, we like, don't have a lot of big names. We're not Texas, Ohio, or California. Right. We're not just like fucking chopping heads off, mm-hmm. you know, every national or international meet we go to, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so, you know, I, I do think about the advancement of Coleman and then the advancement of Alabama first. Like, mm-hmm. Coleman's a small goal, right? Like, right. I've probably already done that. I would say um, probably so. I think most people that are really strong in Coleman have either – coached with you like been a client of yours or currently are a client of yours that's uh that's something said something and also we go and we win mm-hmm. and some uh, some against my peers that are much better coaches than i am ron less people like mm-hmm. that um it just is what it is i'm rubbing elg- elbows with guys that i think are i think are legends and that mm-hmm. you know it's hard for me to say that i'm on the same level as them because coleman doesn't have the talent pool everybody else has mm-hmm. But, like, those guys, too, though, they're trying to advance the sport, too. They want mm-hmm. Alabama to be in the forefront. I think collectively the four or five coaches in the state that have, that are any count at all, in my opinion, mm-hmm. I think we're all trying to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, for the most part. Um, and I think the only way to advance the sport, and advance, to advance the sport, you have to advance the individual. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's all there is to it. And I think, 
Um, I can tell you 100%. I know Ron's this way. I know I know Les is this way. Um, I know several people are this, this way that are coaches in the state. Care more about the clients than they do about themselves. Mm-hmm. Put their clients first. Yeah. So I definitely, which is incredible with how strong Ron is. I was going <laughs> to say I could definitely but, tell with Ron, with you and Ron, and how those uh, your interactions together have have been, um, and just in a general sense, he just seems very invested in the individual, much more does. so He's than very himself. Much so. He's very easy to talk to. I haven't coached, you know, I haven't co- uh, been a client of his for months now. You know, once a month, I still get a text message from him. Hey, man, you doing all right? How you mm-hmm. doing up? I'm like, what's going on? Like that kind of thing. Like, that's somebody that invests a lot of time. I'll, I, I told him this uh, specifically after my meet, but that's somebody that if uh, if uh, <laughs> we said we were going to go fight in hell, um, I would absolutely pick up and go fight with that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, if he, <laughs> if he was involved in the military or anything like that or anything, any type of leadership role whatsoever, I'd follow Ron into anything. Yeah. If he said, hey, man, let's go do this. Let's fucking do it. Let's go. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, not not a second thought about it. So I mean, that's the type of person. I mean, I think that's the type of person you want. And I think mm-hmm. that may sum up a lot of this conversation. I know we got a lot of other things to talk about, mm-hmm. but like, you should think about that. Right? Is this an individual that I would literally follow into hell? Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> your health and your well being is attached to this. Right. So because you not just your total. It. Yeah. But. Your health and your well-being is attached to it. Too. Yeah, because especially for uh, enhanced lifters, you know, if you have somebody who's handling your PEDs or whatever, your health is literally in their hands. Yeah. Like, if they fuck up somewhere, you could have serious uh, health issues afterwards. For sure, so, yeah. You know, that's another thing to consider. Uh, I I would... I've, I've never had a coach... Ron knew what, what I was on and mm-hmm. what I was doing. Brandon encouraged me to start and was one of the reasons why I started mm-hmm. back in the day, apart from my best friend. But um, I have never had a coach actively criticize or tell me what I should or should not be doing in terms right. of anabolics. I don't know if that's a problem. And maybe with Ron, it's just that I run so little mm, that, it's, that not, it's not that big of an yeah. issue. Um, but I personally, I don't know what Joe does with you, but I have never had a coach make a recommendation in terms of now, I did have Brandon one time tell me, like, hey, trend's great and all, but, like, it's not a very reliable strength gain. Like, so you're going to do better on more tests and, and less yeah. of other things. You right. know what I mean? I've had him tell me that, but, you know, with Ron, I was like, hey, I'm going to do – I never did the oral, but I told Ron just straight up, I'm on test and trend. Might do, do it start an oral, like, six weeks out. Yeah. Like, there was never any, like, coaching or back and forth about that, yeah. though. Uh, so Joe offers, uh, where he handled all of that for you. If you want all of that handled. Um, but it's not like a, it's not like part of specific, just, just the training aspect, which is all I, all I asked from him, uh, because I felt like I could handle my diet and everything else well enough by myself. Um, which, you know, may or may not be to my detriment, but uh, I, I initially I really just wanted the coaching and you know cause yeah, I, I mean I do feel like between me and you because I've been with you uh, a lot about my diet blah back and forth and I feel like we settled on something uh, that has enabled me to stay at the weight that I'm at roughly and also perform well uh, Joe did give me some free input on um, t- uh, macro timing yeah uh, which was is Literally boiled down to what you should eat, 
uh, pre and post. Probably high fat, high carb, low fat. I mean, I'm sorry, low low protein, high protein, low fat, high carb stuff before and after. Ye- yes, he said <laughs> keep keep the fats away from the lips. Yeah, basically, exactly, Bas- yeah. that's the simplest that's way. That's that's generally the the rule of thumb yeah. if you're talking about macro time. Um, so so we me and you made some adjustments there, just yeah. like very simple stuff, just adding jelly to my toast and taking away a couple of egg yolks on my breakfast. Yeah, and then my post workout meal is a banana, super high carb, and a protein shake, an MRE shake, super high carb. Yeah. And then uh, I think I'm doing like a protein bar. I was doing these protein brownies from Redcon One, and I ran out. So now I'm buying some Anna bars. Uh, we'll see how. It's like slap. I don't know. Uh, Doctor Mike, <laughs> it's <slurs the>, <laughs> Doctor Mike said number two uh, on his list. Number one was the Snickers high protein bar. But uh, spoilers, bar. <laughs> spoilers if you haven't seen that. But you can't buy the Snickers high protein bars because they're like out of stock. And they haven't restocked them, and people are reselling them for like sixty dollars a box. And I'm like, fuck paying sixty dollars a box for some <laughs> resold Snickers bars that you don't know where have been. You right. know? Yeah. So, but anyway, back back to what we were saying. Um, another thing that uh, is a green flag for me is, um, are they open to new ideas, willing to learn? Are they doing continuing education? Do they have their own coach? All these things are green flags. For sure. Um, any any coach that does not have their own coach automatically sets off some alarms because it makes me think, well, they think they know everything. Yeah. They're not willing to seek out new information. Does Joe have his own coach? He does. He does. Well, yeah. That's great. Jakey yeah. B is his coach. That's great. Yeah. And does he does his nutrition, he does his supplements, and he does his uh his uh exercise. So he he's got it all covered by Jakey B, who is also, supposedly a phenomenal coach who him and Joe worked on the water cut protocol that hopefully I will get, um, which Joe said uh, he just recently broke his all-time world record squad again. He said that was the reason why. He felt so amazing the day of weigh-in and made weight and put that weight back on. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like an insane thought yeah. to think that you could water cut. Everyone comes in water cut and they feel like, dog shit yeah and then the next day they get their carbs in they get their weight back and they feel better yeah if you can feel like that the day of just imagine how you can feel the day after right, when yeah. you refuel yeah exactly. so i'm, I'm yeah. pretty excited to see where that goes but yes he does have his own coach but uh, you know that's somebody that you know that was a big big factor in me hand uh hiring brandon is the fact that brandon was a juggernaut disciple and mm. was coached directly by chad wesley Smith. right um and when somebody like that puts up, hey, you know, coaching for X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, this sounds like a value because this guy just squatted, you know, all-time world records with Chad Wesley Smith mm-hmm. as his coach. And like, if that guy's going to coach me, like, big deal. But Brandon had also already been coaching quite a bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you what, Brandon's, I mean, I wrote a program today. Brandon's coaching style still influences everything I mm-hmm. do today. From, you know, from the peak week every month, uh, being like AMRAPs and stuff like that, uh, like, accessory work selection and stuff like that. There is a ton of Brandon Allen that still bled all over my program. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and it's worked, but it's worked for every level of lifter I've ever had. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. Um, one it, thing that really stuck with me for, with Ron is undulating deadlifts. Like for as a, he- as a heavy lifter, uh, you know, an upper intermediate, intermediate, um, you're advanced now. I'm still just intermediate, but as an upper inter- intermediate, um, I was having a hard time consistently deadlifting heavy. Like week to week. So we started undulating. Like one week would be 
10 sets of one at 365. And the next week would be pull, you know, an RPE 10 single at whatever weight. Mm -hmm. And you got three or four down sets that got Mm -hmm. awful heavyweight. But it made me so much more capable, so much more rested by the Mm -hmm. time I had to hit that heavy one. one. Uh, And I still got good practice in on those those singles. I mean, it was really, really light singles. Mm -hmm. Stuff that me and you've pulled for... Could probably pull. I ain't deadlifted in six weeks. I could probably pull that for twenty reps right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, but right. still, like it's just greasing the groove and then being ready for that next thing. Uh, so I mean, definitely a lot of Ron's program is poured over onto me. Um, more than anything with Ron, it's just his mindset and how he treats people that's, mm. that's affected me more than anything else. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, coaches that are coached. I don't know. I think Ron probably pretty pretty much handles his own. I don't want to speak for him. Uh, he may be coached by somebody, but also. Um, you know, you're a high enough level lifter that coaches as a profession. Mm-hmm. I'm a little less worried about the coach thing, but um, that is still, um, you know, pretty high on my priorities. Right. Are they willing to learn? I know Ron's willing to learn. Right. Because if you've ever seen him coach before actively at a meet, you know he's a student of the game. Mm. It's like playing chess with that guy. Like, mm. he thinks a meet, meet day for him is like, another level compared to the rest of us. Like yeah. I'm very much like we have a plan. We're going to stick to the plan. We're going to, if we execute the plan, we'll win. Mm-hmm. Ron's like, if he has to, he's like, fuck the plan. We're going to go win. Right. He's, <laughs> we're going to go find a way to win fucking anyway. Right. <laughs> he's going to move the pieces around yeah, he where does. he needs to. He absolutely will. And uh, he's really, really fucking talented at that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's a good point. I think that's a big green flag. Like I said, mm-hmm. you want a coach that's coachable. If they're not actively coached, you want them actively getting new uh, information, new information, actively involved and continuing to add and stuff like that. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, one of the other things, uh, I think this this finishes off the the green flags is good referrals from past and current clients. Um, if you don't have any, like obviously, like when you're spending a lot of money, um, you do want to do some amount of research. You do want to do like uh, find find some of their clients. You can you can literally find any high level coaches athletes because they share them on their page all the time, and then you can just be like, "Hey, how's the coaching? Like, how what what are the ups and downs, benefits? Like, what 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 is your perspective on this person's coaching?" Very simple. Most of the time, they're gonna just respond and and let you know. Especially if it's a good coach, they're gonna push them. They're going to anytime like they, they want you to see they're good lifters. Yeah. They're not ashamed of them because they're invested in the individual. Yeah. <laughs> like anytime people have come to me and be like, man, you got so strong. How'd you get strong? I refer him to you. I'm like, man, start with Zach. Like he's, <coughs> he's the reason why I even got involved in the sport of powerlifting. He's the reason why I got to the point where I did very early on. Cause I mean, you know how drastic there was a transformation and only six months from the time I started with you to the time I competed, you know, there was several hundred pounds packed on my total in a very small amount of time. Uh, and then from there, it's just gotten better and better and better. So, you know, I always, always refer to you first because I do believe that you're the best coach in, in town. I would argue the state of Alabama. That may be biased on my opinion. And in, in my, I've, I've know, heard but. some of you say that, and I don't know. I don't know that I can say that I'm Ron or Les's level yet. Uh, um, but I definitely don't think I'm Ron's. I will say that I do feel like there are some people that have been a, been a bigger benefactor, and this is no shot of anybody I coach. But like we're in Coleman, Alabama, dude. Mm-hmm. We're in a largely, it's a baseball town, mm-hmm. which is fine. 
but we're in a largely unathletic demographic. Yeah. And this is no shot at anybody I've coached. I haven't had, you know, to a big degree, I haven't had a talent pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some people have been the benefactors of a talent pool. Yeah. And that's the truth. Um, I feel like Ron's in a similar situation, though, and he's done, he's one of those people, maybe like myself, that has done more with less than mm-hmm. anybody I've seen. You know what I mean? He, uh, He's really, really freaking good. I think Alabama in general, unless you're in, you know, Metro Montgomery, Mobile, or or Birmingham, there's not just this huge talent pool of people. Yeah. So you have now that's not to say that the people you have can't be mm-hmm. great. It just means that there's a bigger jump <laughs> right. to be made. And not to mention, you know, we're in a town where, you know, we're in a bodybuilding town too. Oh, Powerlifting's yeah. largely not the we're very much um the minimized community mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> around no, here. Sure, like, uh, for sure. If you're not bodybuilding, you're doing CrossFit. If you're in Coleman, mm-hmm. like, that's the only, that's like the only two sports that exist in the, in the strength realm. Right. Yeah. So like, um, it is what it is, but I mean, I definitely think that I don't think I'm on their level, but I definitely think that I can go and ruin a day, a Saturday morning for them. <laughs> like, and, I'm, and I'm happy to do it for right now. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean? And <clears throat> you, you take me for example, you know, and I, I don't, I'll, I won't go as far as to say as I'm your biggest accomplishment, but you take someone like me who came to you with 275 pound squat, 285 pound bench, which was good for my weight, and like yeah. a 385 deadlift. You know what? What's that like? It's sub. It's sub a thousand pounds. Right. I'm I'm totaling over 16, planning on over 17. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I've been you know. Maybe not directly coached by you, but I have been influenced by you the entirety of my powerlifting career. I always come to you like uh, until I got with Joe. I always came to you. I wouldn't dare step on that guy's toe. <laughs> that's <all laughs> and that's fair. That's I'm fair. A, I'm a hundred percent anticipating to learn something from this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but but no, all that time I came to you for my problems. I came to you when I had. You know, when I wanted advice on programming, because eventually you taught me how to program and I started programming myself because and that was just like I felt like you were stressed out all the time and I didn't want to add more to your plate. <laughs> so I was like, well, if you just teach me how to do it, I'll, I'll handle mine for a little while and kind of like take away from you uh, so that you didn't have to be stressed about it. But, you know, heavily influenced by you and all of my programming that I've ever done has also been heavily, heavily influenced by what you taught me which trickles down from Brandon, which trickles down from Chad Wesley Smith. So there's a lot of, a lot of people that, you know, there's that trickle down. And obviously, you know, there's other people I went to that I've constantly learned from like Dr. Mike's. uh, I watch all the RP videos, watch everything that Joe puts out, watch everything that Mark Bell puts out. You know, there's a lot of different influences, but you are the biggest influence on my powerlifting career. So when I say I went from sub a thousand to you know, working on a 1700 pound total, you know, there's, that's a 700 pound difference in a total <laughs> yeah, yeah, in absolutely. a matter of, you know, maybe by the time it comes around and be three and a half years, I'd say that's pretty big. Right. I'd say, I'd say that matters a lot. I would, I would say, I think that I can't speak for everybody in the state, but I know this for a fact about Ron. I know this for a fact about myself. Mm-hmm. I really do think that investment in an individual and actually genuinely caring about the person that you're programming for and handling on meet day or whatever, uh, I think that's the biggest asset you can shop for in a coach. Yeah, I would agree with that because, I mean, even before we even became friends, you walked up to me and you said, hey, you should join our powerlifting group. 
and it was just a Facebook group, you yeah. know, whatever. But I was like, I don't know anything about powerlifting. I just come to the gym because I want to look good and I want to be halfway athletic. I was 100, 180 pounds at the time. You know, I was, I was thin. <clears throat> I didn't know jack shit. I thought, I thought I knew something, but I realized very quickly that I didn't. <laughs> but, you know, that's just one of those things. Like Investment individual. Mm-hmm. That's... Uh... Doesn't have to be me. Doesn't even have, doesn't have to be Ron. But uh, whatever you're looking for in somebody, um, that's the number one. That's the number one green flag is the time they're willing to invest with, or red flag depending on. But that's the number one thing yeah. honestly to look for. Uh, one, I, I've got a couple of more red flags, but one I specifically want to touch on. Um, so someone that would not offer explanations as to why you're doing a movement. So if they got you, and I, I'm going to not name any names, but if they got you in the program doing Bulgarian split squats and they can't tell you why you're doing Bulgarian split squats, that's a big red flag. If they're giving you movements and just saying, well, it's a leg movement, come on. That's, yeah, that's we weak. need to know why. And, and really, what should, the answer should be you're fixing unilateral issues, imbalances, uh, strength problems. I, for one, have a, you all know I have a torn label in my right hip. Squats and splits, uh, split squats and uh, lunges are really, really tough for me. So mm-hmm. there's probably something I should be doing regularly. Right. But your coach should be able to say, I know that you have an imbalance there. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why we're doing split squats. Right. You know, that's like, and if, and if you don't have an imbalance there, the answer should be simply, we need you to have stronger, stronger legs individually. Right. This will do that. <laughs> you know, you know, and, like, and that's one um, of the things when you buy a template, you know, it's, it's, more generalized so you may not be getting that specificity that you're you're looking yeah. for because of that but if it's in the program on their template and you know maybe you ask them a question on instagram or facebook or where maybe you text them if you have their number or whatever and they just they won't tell you a reason why it's in the program and they just tell you to do it that's just a red flag for me for it's, sure like i i understand like from from the coaching and the lifting aspect of just following through on what your coach says. But I know that if I ask Joe anything about the program, if I say, hey, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? He's going to tell me, oh, well, because this, this, and this. Yeah. Like, why, why are we doing 30 seconds work and followed by repetitions at right. a heavier weight? Well, and he told me. It's, and he didn't tell me specifically because I didn't ask because I didn't really need to ask. But, you know to focus on the drive, to focus on working when you're depleted, basically. Yeah. So like being able to grind essentially. Yeah. Like that's what we're looking for when we do this. Yeah. Absolutely. So it, and it's just easy to like go like it, when you have the coach, when you have the one-on-one coaching, which is better than having a template, but it's just like, you just go to them and you just ask them a question. They can give you the answer. Yeah. And if they if if you buy a template from somebody and you ask them a question about their their template and they can't give you an answer, that's a red flag. If right. they can't give you an alternative, if you something is preventing you from doing this, even if it's like if it's like you don't have access to something, like if you don't have access to a hack squat and it's there or or a leg press for some reason or whatever, and you you need an alternative and they can't give you one, they should be able to say how hey, you can do belt squats or mm-hmm. you can do you know. Just whatever the alternative, liter- you know, literally you know. any alternative, yeah. just just to help. If they can't do that for you, that's a red flag. Yeah, like absolutely. I don't, I don't want to buy a template from somebody who's who's going to tell me, oh well, I don't know. 
Like if, if I come, if I buy a template from, from you and I say, Hey Zach, uh, I can't do dumbbell bench press right now. Is there any alternative that I can do? And you tell me, oh, fucking, I don't know, dude, figure it out. Right. I'm not going to buy another template from you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I know, I, understand. I, I know that you're not going to do that. I you're, do think, I do think there's inherently like some things that find their way in a program that some coaches just believe in. Right. Mm-hmm. Like for me, I believe in a bigger back and a bigger tricep. That's something I, a bigger tricep. Something I learned from Matt Winning because he mm-hmm. was like, "You got shoulder problems. You got this bigger arm. Yep. You need bigger arms. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you want to bulletproof your shoulder. Allow your overhead press and your bench press to be more tricep dominant. Mm-hmm. It is what it, I mean. It is what it is. So, I mean, I believe in those things. Like we're gonna have bigger quads. We're gonna have a bigger back. We're gonna have a bigger tricep. Yeah. Let's not say that we're not gonna train biceps and hamstrings. Mm-hmm. We train the shit out of them because mm-hmm. I definitely believe in a strong hamstring. But, uh, you know, there's just an inherent amount of things with individual coaches you're just going to have, like, built in. Right. If you come to me, your upper body work, you're going to have a lot of tricep. Yeah. Period. I mean, it just is what it is. I mean, I'm sure there's things with Joe. Joe mm-hmm. probably, I know he's he had you warming up with, like, split squats or something one yeah. day. Obviously, Joe believes in that movement. Mm-hmm. I, hell, I believe in that movement. Mm-hmm. There's there's reasons why they work, right? Yeah. Like, you're going to get individual. Um, but I, I think to Nathan's point is – you need somebody that can say, I understand and recognize the fact that because your injury history or because of whatever's going on with you right now, you cannot do a split squat. So let's do lunges instead, or let's do single leg press instead mm-hmm. or whatever. Whatever. They should be able to offer you alternatives, alternatives to whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. yeah. And you know, like for me, I've had a history of like, um, dumbbell skull crushers hurt my elbows. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. I can just do them on a barbell. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> no, no elbow pain on doing them on a barbell. Or um, a Mark Bell special is like dumbbell skull crushers hurt my elbow, but if I do the rolling skull mm-hmm. crushers or I get a little kick back from the top of my shoulder, I can use a little heavier dumbbell and it takes pain out of my elbows. I can still do a skull crusher mm-hmm. without it killing me. Like somebody, they should know that whatever it may be, right. with your, your dumb, the dumbbell bench press, right? Like you still need X amount of unilateral work. Like maybe we can do single arm presses on the cable. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you just need to be doing cable flies mm-hmm. or whatever it may be, depending on where the injury's at. Like there's yeah. a million different things that you can yeah. do. Like you can move. We have fortunately at Hartsel where we're at now, like can't do a dumbbell bench press. We can still get unilateral work on a chest press machine. Yeah. You know, we have plate loaded machines. You can do one arm at a time, both of them at a time, whatever you need to do. Like well, there's workarounds for all mm-hmm. of this stuff. So, I mean, it just is what it is. Hell, if you got just an outright injury and you can't press at all, somebody should be able to tell you how to, you're probably not going to improve your bench press in that moment, but they should be able to tell you how to maintain it. Right. Hey, you can't train your chest and your shoulders because you got a you know torn Raider hair cuff. Guess we're going to have the biggest arms in the room. Right. Let's go. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, it just is what it is. You know, like there's workarounds for all these things. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and another mm-hmm. one, and this this kind of like pushes more into the bodybuilding realm uh, more than the powerlifting realm. But if you if you follow Goob U, which you should, because just because he's a good follow, um, he posts a lot of people who Photoshop their photos, who Photoshop their clients' photos. In the bodybuilding realm, that's a huge red flag. If they can't come to you and say, hey, this is my client as they are, come on. Like Yeah, absolutely. We need real we need real before and afters mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, yeah. It'd be harder to fake in the powerlifting realm. Yeah, because it's a strength thing. Like yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of faking your way around, you know, yeah. like uh, a nine hundred pound deadlift. There's not, just there's, there's just not. not. Yeah. Um but when it comes to bodybuilding specifically, 
And I guess this is just why this is kind of just in there because we do have bodybuilding listeners too. Yeah. That that would be a red flag for me if I was going for like if I decided to do a show and I was going to get a bodybuilding coach and I'll be honest I'd probably go with Joe again um, because he does do somebody but he doesn't do a lot and he doesn't do it all the time but he does do bodybuilding coaching if I was I'd probably go with him again but he's not going to Photoshop his before and after pictures he posted photos of himself he's planning on getting a sh- getting on stage in 2024 and he's like these are my weaknesses like he points them out he knows what he needs to work on yeah. And uh, he's like, he's, but he's not photoshopping them to make them look better. Right, he's like, yeah. I know I have weaknesses. I know I, where I have to bring these things up. So that's what I'm going to do. If you have a coach that's like photoshopping people's waists in and making their laughs out or whatever it may be, making their quads look bigger, just to make, just to present it, to make it look like you're doing more than you are, I would not hire that person. Sure. I, I, I don't, I would not recommend anyone to hire that person. Absolutely. Um, it's just, there's just when 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 the coach is going to lie to the general public that's when i well that probably means they're going to lie to their actual client exactly so i i would just would not would not go down that road because you're not measuring you're not measuring strength with a bodybuilding coach there's probably a lot more room to just blow smoke up your client's ass and tell Mm -hmm. them that they're doing great yeah because you don't have the barbell telling on them yep you know, you don't have, you know, visual cues, you know, other than the way they look, but you right. don't have, you don't have near as many factors to look at and say, Hey, this is not powerlifting coaching and still see whether or not your body composition is better. Right. Or whether you put muscle on here or there or what, mm-hmm. what have you. Um, but in general, because they're not actually having to see you actually move weight there's mm-hmm. probably a lot more room for them to blow smoke up your ass yeah. about how great you're doing or how not great you're doing or whatever mm-hmm. it may be whatever that trend may be i mean mm-hmm. i can imagine there's probably a lot of people in that that's just like attaboy you're doing great mm-hmm. like you're down two pounds i wanted you to be down five but eh, you're down down is down baby let's right. go you know what i mean like or maybe um, like oh well you you look more muscular so that weight is probably just muscle you know yeah, and whatever like, there's a lot more like gray area that they can Mm -hmm. frame it in a way to make you feel fucking give you a hard Mm -hmm. dick about yourself yeah you know which ultimately leads to you losing your competition because your coach wasn't being honest with you yeah so don't hire dishonest coaches and i think i had one more and it's just kind of like a small thing but and and this will lead to a tangent by the end of it but um people who uh take sponsorships from products that they don't believe in is a red flag for me. So one thing that Joe does is he has, he has a, a, a code. I, I guess he, he would be sponsored, a sponsored athlete, but he goes through better through biology, um, which I believe actually is Jakey B's company, but I'm not entirely sure. He may be actually part of it or something, but either way um, he has code through them. That's where he promotes nectar which is a carnitine and choline solution, uh, which is perfectly legal. uh, And it is also uh, not going to show up on drug tests. So uh, clean athletes can take it. Um, But he, he believes in it. He supports it and he pushes it. And I tried it on his recommendation and I actually really enjoy it. Other than post injection pain is kind of brutal and the injection pain is kind of brutal. Uh, but and, and he explained that it's a, it's the uh, it's the car- injectable carnitine uh, is just acidic. 
So when it enters into the muscle, it's just a little a little aggressive. So do be aware of that if you decide to go the route the route of uh, nectar. Um, it is a little spicy when it, when you inject it and the pain afterwards, but it goes away pretty quickly. Um, but other than that, the benefits of it have been really positive. Um, the benefits of the choline were great because it helps you to learn new skills quicker, uh, and the carnitine helps with recovery. Um, he typically takes it in the morning or put, well, he takes it in the morning and pre-workout. Um, I only take it pre-workout. Uh, so I only take it like four times a week. If I take it, sometimes I don't, if I'm just like rushing around trying to get, get to the gym in time. But the benefits that I did notice was that I did feel like I could respond better to his coaching in the moment. And I would notice things more specifically uh, when I was doing a movement while I took it. Uh, so specifically, I'll just talk about RDLs, like dumbbell RDLs. He had me doing uh, abduction and RD, hip abduction and RDLs. So I'd get on the machine, I'd do that, and I'd do the RDLs. And I'm like, man, my back just hurts. Like, it's getting into my low back. I don't know why. And in the moment, I'd just be able to realize, oh, it's because I'm not engaging my hamstrings. I'm not engaging my glutes well enough. So I took what he told me with my squat and started pushing my knees out really hard, started doing the movement like that. And I could immediately feel it in my hamstrings. And that was just an instantaneous from set to set. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I wouldn't notice that eventually, but I do feel like taking the nectar did help that in the way in like just an in the moment thing. It just helped me realize it quicker. Sure. And made that mind muscle connection that much faster. And as soon as I felt it in my hamstrings, and my glutes, I was like, okay, I realize now that that's what I need to do. So I kept doing it that way and everything turned out great. And I actually messaged Joe and I was like, hey, I did this. Is this what you're looking for in the movement? He said, absolutely, yes. This is what I'm trying to get you to do. Great. Everything worked out. Some people will just be on a brand because they pay the money. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's this is kind of like a hard thing to distinguish sometimes because you think about like anyone like like let's let's say specifically um noel bodybuilder i forget his last name but that noel bodybuilder on instagram he promotes rise supplements i've never taken it before but it's pre-workout protein all the basic stuff it's kind of hard to differentiate sometimes whether that's like a good product or a bad product because it's it's very similar very much all the same stuff but when it gets into more specific stuff like what joe is uh uh promoting then you kind of like okay well what is this stuff? Have I heard of this before? What's the benefits behind it? What's the reasoning behind it? Sure. I would say if if uh, someone who is sponsored by this stuff can't tell you why it's good, I would be hesitant about their... Yeah, and we're not talking about necessarily pre-workout <laughs> or right, something yeah. where we're like... Because everybody's very individual. You're just talking about a rush of caffeine and beta-alanine. Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> They're, I mean, I'm here to tell you as a supplement store owner, they're not all, they're all not that much different than the yeah. next. I mean, some are stronger than others, sure. And you might want something a little stronger, whatever. Some people might want something a little bit weaker, but like, you know, at the end of the day, that kind of stuff probably is because they're just paying them money. Yeah. Protein powder, like, you can buy protein powder that mixes better than other protein powder, mm-hmm. and that's definitely a benefit. But at the end of the day, in terms of the way your body treats it, protein powder is protein powder. Yeah. Protein powder. And I'm not so I'm not like, saying this to shit on anybody, but MRE does not mix well with water. 
from yeah. Redcon One. MRE uh, from Redcon does not mix well with water. Yeah, the is. the stuff that I got from you mixed way better. I don't know what you got from me. Um, All Max. All Max. All Max. All Max mixed way better. It was so much easier to drink. Did you get an All Max mask scanner from me? No, it was just away. Just away. Okay, yeah. yeah. And that may be the difference. <clears throat> that's um, uh, that's something that's great about that product in particular. Though yeah. I have a lot of because I carry a lot of like boutique products. Like most of them are going to mix really well. Mm-hmm. Like hell, I carry a mask scanner sometimes called uh, Mask Chaser by Project AD. You can mix it. It's a mask scanner. You can mix with like eight eight, eight ounces of water, mm-hmm. and you know how much. How thick and yeah. awful Maskinator is. So like <laughs> some of those boutique, honestly, the boutique products is very, very hard to tell. If you're buying from your local supplement shop that's got more boutique brands, and you're not buying from GNC or Walmart. Mm-hmm. Each product is very, very similar, but they're all really high quality compared mm-hmm. to like Muscle Milk or something yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So it just, I mean, it just is what it is. Redcon, unfortunately, Red, Redcon bucked up now probably skew more toward. They're more muscle milk and brand now yeah. than they are a boutique brand. Unfortunately, yeah, they so. they used to be really really high quality stuff. Um, it seems like their quality has dropped off lately. There's a reason why I don't carry that stuff anymore, and it's just because it doesn't it doesn't. First of all, it's not as high quality of a product, but it doesn't behoove me to compete against GNC and Walmart. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I feel like there's a big quality drop. I don't know if you know this because me and you both have taken Total War for years. Mm. I don't take it anymore, but. I took Total War for years. I love Total War. Mm-hmm. The Total War you buy from me versus the Total War you buy from Walmart, two completely different products. Yeah. Which is kind of shysty, in my yeah, opinion, that's, to be honest with you. That's but, a little, um, little, little So you shady. have to be careful. And I, I would say, um, I feel like I see more of that from the bodybuilding community than I do from specifically from what you're talking about. Like yeah. a bodybuilder just getting behind like a brand because... Because they're paying them. They're paying them. No. I know, you know... Brian Shaw did that Redcon one for a little while. He's no longer a Redcon one athlete though. Oh, right? really? I, don't, I don't know, but um, but you know, I know that he did that for a little while, and he has his own line of supplements now. But like, yeah. you know, uh, you know, outside of somebody like that, I feel like bodybuilding community is much more likely to jump behind mm-hmm. a, a brand just to be part of the brand, than right? Or, um, which there's money in, in it, so progress. I understand. I'm not really knocking, knocking the individual, but I think you're right. I think if somebody can't tell you. Tell you why they. I, mean, I can tell you what protein powders I take, and I can tell you that I only take them because they taste good and they mix well. Yeah. If you don't like them, that's fine. Right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean, it is. I don't. I don't really. I don't really care. You know what I mean. But uh, but it just is what it is. I think that their ability to tell you why something is better is mm-hmm. is really good. You know, when it comes to just straight up supplements, and you're not talking about aminos or peptides, uh, like you were mentioning with Joe. Um, just straight up supplements, you definitely need to take that with a grain of salt because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they are what they are. Yeah. All of them are kind mm-hmm. of what they are. So I have a lot of brands I like and I respect, but the good brands aren't that much different from each other, right. <laughs> to be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, anytime you're injecting something, if it's a peptide, injectable amino, uh, even if you're still not going to your doctor to get gear, if you're still going, like, if you're still buying new GLs, um, you should definitely take that information with a grain of salt when yeah. it comes from somebody. Mm-hmm. That's that's stuff that could fuck you up for life. Yeah, that's not mixed properly or you know whatever it may be. Like, be real careful with that. Mm-hmm. Supplements are just they are what they are. Yeah, I'll tell you a, a big gimmick that I've run across a lot of the time. I don't know if you've ever have you ever read, read the amino acid profile on protein powder. Mm-hmm. Has a hundred percent of all the protein, all the all the BCAAs and EAAs right. you need. Like, 
but all those companies sell BCAAs independently. Mm-hmm. Unless you're a vegan or a vegetarian athlete, you probably do not need to supplement BCAAs. Right. It's like 100% a fucking gimmick. <laughs> you don't believe me? Lane Norton talks about this. Yeah. Like, this is something that comes up with a lot of people when it comes to nutrition. Like, if you're either eating enough meat or supplementing protein, uh, protein daily, there is no reason for a BCAA mm-hmm. supplement. Other than the fact that it makes water taste better, and if you're not good about drinking your water without a flavoring in it, BCAAs are a great short choice. But if you're not a vegetarian or a vegan, probably not a reason to be supplementing that. Right. You're wasting your fucking money. And at that point, that's a supplement can... store owner answer. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, you can probably just like buy some some powder that you can mix. I, I forget the name of it, but there, I know there's several that mix with water that's like no calorie flavoring. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. you don't necessarily need to buy BCAAs because that's be expensive. Meat, drinking yeah. protein. Yeah. Like, if you, if it's just a water thing, there are other alternatives. Yeah, you know, some most BCAA product products, I think because the internet's more aware that BCAAs are a scam. You have people like Lane talking about them and stuff like that. Most of the good ones that I sell now do have an electrolyte po- complex in them too, which has its own performance benefits. And they're not just BCAAs. Mm-hmm. All Max for one, it's like a pseudo pre-workout and then it has caffeine in theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, I carry another brand called DNM Neutro that has caffeine in their BCAAs. If you want something like that, you're real sensitive to pre-workout maybe, and you just need an in-betweener, you know, mm-hmm. roughly the amount of caffeine of an energy drink. It's probably a great product for you. But if you're eating enough meat and you're supplementing protein regularly, there's no reason to buy a right. BCAA product. So. Well, that was all I had. Do you have anything that you wanted to add? No, I mean, I think that we pretty much covered it. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing, you know, ask yourself if you like the person or not, too. Yeah. That matters. It does matter. because if, I mean, listen, even if even if they're even if they don't check some of the boxes we ask people to check, if you genuinely if the, if the person's a nice person and you know that you can get along with them and you can get something done, and you communicate with them. Well, mm-hmm. communication may be something we should have brought up, um, then you can probably get somewhere with them. Yeah. But um, you should probably be wary of, like I said, the coach that just. Let you buy something and there's no communication right. ever again or anything like that. Yeah. Like, even if it's just a customer service issue, like, hey, I can't do this. What can I sub it for? Like, it should be. They should be able to take the time. I'm a small business owner. I'm a very busy person, but I do a lot of work on my phone. I can take the time to answer a DM about what I can sub for dumbbell bench press. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. be wary of that. Yeah. Just, just of, of all the things, like you said, getting along with a person is also a very important thing. And I can say, you know, I've always gotten along with you really well when you were coaching me. I get along pretty well with Joe. Um, t- just talking to him here and there. I know he's a busy person, so I don't just try and chat with him. I'll, you know, just like to small talk because yeah. he's he's a busy just person. Pretty much to the point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, but... Um, we have had like little little brief conversations outside of uh, the lifting realm, and you know they were positive, they were good, and I feel like I like you know if I was in a room with them, I could just have a conversation with them, uh, and that that is important because if you can't communicate with your coach, if you don't feel comfortable communicating with your coach, you're not going to be able to tell him all the things that are going wrong, all the things that are negatively affecting you, and that's going to lead to poor coaching. Um, that that's more on the one-on-one than the buying a program, but that you know if you if you can't communicate with an individual specifically, or you're afraid to communicate with an individual for whatever reason, um, that would also limit your ability to get alternatives to a template. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, I know some of the better templates I bought, like RP, for example, I've bought mm -hmm. several RP templates. They had drop down menus. So if you didn't, if you couldn't do dumbbell bench press, they had, you click the drop down on the spreadsheet and they gave you six alternatives mm -hmm. to dumbbell bench press that day. Maybe that's, if you're going to buy a template, maybe look at somebody a little higher end, like mm -hmm. RP, somebody like that. I know that when I start building templates, me and Sandy are about to start working very, very hard uh, to make ours really professional and have mm -hmm. drop down menus for stuff like that. Barbell stuff will be hard numbers. Uh, you mm -hmm. won't be able to swap back squat for front squat or right. back squat for hack squat or something like that. They're gonna, because it's a powerlifting template. Right. right? It's going to be sport specific. But, uh, you know, for accessory work, if you can't do split squats, maybe you can do like assisted lunges or something mm -hmm. like that. Hell, I did assisted lunges last night. Yeah. You know what I mean, like fucking dowel rod, fucking like a cane. Like I have that tear in my hip. Like they're hard for me to do with unless I've trained them regularly. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, stuff like that you can probably still do. But, uh, we're working really, really hard to provide those options. So maybe just shop for a higher end template. Yeah. And I would, if for a higher end template, I'd very, very seriously consider, even if you're a power lifter, if you're in the off season, I'd very, very seriously consider RP templates. Yeah. No, I, I for flexibility and stuff like that. One of the yeah. things I, I spoke to Joe about um, was off season stuff should be more bodybuilding stuff. Yeah, like absolutely. we we should be trying to build more muscle fibers. We should be trying to on our off season. We shouldn't be destroying our CNS the whole time. That's that's something I've learned the hard way. Yeah, like listen, I still I'm in off season now, uh, largely doing RP stuff. Um, they give you the option to um, to do drop sets or even like upsets if you want mm -hmm. to. Like a lot of times to start my workout, I'll work up to a heavy single before I drop down and do my. But it's a daily heavy single. Like, I'm not mm. frying my CNS. Like, right. um, you know, it'll be like, it's probably like an RPE 6 or 7 single. Yeah. You know, just kind of stay fine-tuned. And, and then I'll do drop sets to whatever was prescribed to mm -hmm. me or whatever. There's, like, some leeway and stuff like that. Like, at the end of the day, I'm still a power lifter. Like, I want to touch heavy weight, right? It's boring for me not to. Mm -hmm. I've had a knee issue, so volumes hurt me. So I've had to modify a little bit like yesterday in particular uh, i couldn't hit my volume on my squats so i hit heavy pulse squat singles until i couldn't mm -hmm. anymore <laughs> you know what i mean like there's going to be some like that comes with age and understanding what you can and can't do mm -hmm. though like, right but i mean uh rp in general just having the option to cut an exercise sub an exercise whatever you do based on the way you feel every day i would say if you're looking for a template if you're that shopper rp is probably what i'd go with yeah and i'll be honest even rp's even though it's probably dubbed off season, I think you could probably make pretty good gains even on season doing mm -hmm. using RP for powerlifting. To be honest yeah. with you, I mean because they're gonna let you check check your exercises, so you can still they still it's still progressive overload. Like you can still check your back squat, and next week's back squat's gonna be heavier than this week's. And mm -hmm. like it's very linear, uh, so you're not gonna get a lot of like you're not gonna get any undulating or anything like that out of it. But if you're just looking for a template, that's probably as good as you can get. Yeah. Powerlifter or bodybuilder, so. So at the end of the day, templates probably best used for new newcomers, uh, people who aren't looking for a lot of personalization, who just want overall strength gains. But when you get to a certain level, you do want to start looking more into the one-on-one -on -one coaching because sure. you need that specificity to you as opposed to just a general strength program yeah, because absolutely. you will have developed your own strengths and your own weaknesses and you need a coach to point those out for absolutely. you. Absolutely. And if you're still not going to do that, again, I would do the higher end template or even an AI if mm -hmm. you're not going to pay for one-on-one. -on -one. Yep. As much as we've criticized Juggernaut AI pretty good because we've both used it, had a lot of people around us that's used it, but it's still probably better programming than 
somebody just fucking guessing at it mm-hmm. and probably still better co- programming than most templates. Yeah. So a higher, I would definitely recommend a higher end template, a template like RP or an AI. If you're looking in the realm of not being one-on-one coach. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just, I, just be wary of buying the template from the guy who's 190 pounds and, "Quote unquote shredded." Yeah, just because he has abs and pictures doesn't mean he's a fucking strong person. Or, or that he's he's knowledgeable enough to train you to get to that point. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not it's not knocking smaller guys or anything like that. But you should just take everything you see in the fitness industry, even what you listen to on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Everything should be taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. So, that being said, we do try to provide a pretty pretty neutral ground on everything. Yeah, uh, I think I. Th- I personally feel like we do pretty well we do have our own bias yeah honest every person every human has their own bias but i feel like at the end of the day our goal is to get information out that is helpful i will say this and this is this is somewhat of a personal bias for me but i've ran into it my own lifters jumping from other local coaches to me as their coach beginner intermediate even upper middle intermediate even maybe lower level advanced most of us need practice because at the end of the day we're developing a skill mm-hmm. i would very very much judge templates or even one-on-one coaching based on uh frequency of lifts mm-hmm. uh, me and you are both to a point that you're probably at a point you can do a one-time a week frequency on a lot of things uh, i'm still about a one-time a week frequency on deadlifts to about a one and a half really about a one and a half but i still really benefit well from a two-time a week frequency on squat in particular mm-hmm. bench press i'm probably more one and a half too because i'm mm-hmm. a better bench presser than yeah. i'm a squatter um but uh, by and large, if you're a beginner, you need practice. So I'd probably stray away from the one time a week leg day person. Yeah. Because you probably that's... need to be hitting a glute fo- a glute and ham focused day and a quad focused day. And you need to be squat- squatting and deadlifting probably both days. A variation of one mm-hmm. or the other. It doesn't have to be the competition lifts. Right. But I would probably look at frequency seriously. And I don't know how we managed to miss that. Yeah. I would be very seriously considering frequency as a determining factor as to whether or not I bought a template. Right. Because if you were beginner, novice, intermediate, lower level, advanced, you probably are going to need a higher frequency than Nathan does. I guess the problem mm-hmm. with the buying of the template is you don't really know what you're buying until you buy it. No, so, but you can read reviews and stuff. You can I mean, read you can, reviews. You can kind of, uh, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of uh, determine it on your own. I mean, even like a th- I've had power lifters that can only do a three day a week split. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it looks it looks odd, but a lot of the times what we do on that is we do. A squat and bench variation day one. Day two is an overhead press and a deadlift variation. Day three is going to be another squat and bench variation. Mm-hmm. You know, there's ways to do it even if on as little as three days a week. Yeah. So, I mean, I would just be, you know, be wary of what you're buying. Yeah. So. No. And like I said, reviews will take you a long place, a long ways. Uh, you're Everybody's on Instagram or Facebook or something. There's groups for all that on Facebook now. Ask other people in groups that you're a part of. Ask people you follow on Instagram that very obviously are using one of these templates or one of these AIs. Get their input on it and find out exactly what it's going to be mm-hmm. like. Yeah, so. because, and also just because it works for one person doesn't mean it's going to work for you. So Absolutely. just just very take that into consideration. Yeah. I I would I would obviously it it'd be kind of hard to find someone who is exactly in the same place as you, exactly the same body build as you, and ask them specifically that has also bought this program that you're looking at and asking them their opinion. That is the ideal goal, yeah. but like, you know, at least a roundabout idea, like yeah. how advanced are they? Like, where are they at weight wise, body composition wise, sure. find, 
check some of those boxes when you ask these people about it. Depending on your level of athlete, this changes a whole lot. But I would very, on top of frequency, I'd very seriously consider volume because you have to be pretty advanced for more volume to not be a negative thing. Yeah. You're only you're only just now experiencing, and me on certain things, just now experiencing too much volume as being yeah. a thing. Yeah. And now you've gone back to Joe where you've got warm-ups that are more volume than you've done in a whole workout before. Yeah. So like very, very seldom, if you're really serious about getting good, is volume a negative thing. Yeah. Like if you're on the the program we mentioned at the beginning by prominent powerlifter, that volume was way specifically was way too low for the people he was selling that template for. Mm-hmm. It's probably perfect for him. Yeah. But way too low for somebody that it's just, just starting, starting out. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's the thing. A lot, of these, a lot of these new people are coming to this guy because he's like, oh, he's super strong. How do I people, get super strong? Most people strong? don't have a 550-pound RDL. Yeah. RDLs one time a week is not going to work for somebody that that only RDLs 225. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so you probably, you know, you probably need to look at those kind of things. Yeah. yeah. So just uh, be wary of that. And that's said, that's going to change depending on – Weight class and age of the lifter. Like when I say lifting age, not necessarily, yeah, you know, um, actual age, not actual age necessarily. Yeah. yeah, and that's one thing. Like if if they have multiple programs on, like if they have a website and they have multiple programs for beginning, intermediate, advanced, that would be a green flag because it's like okay, they have it set up, they know the difference between what a starting lifter needs yeah. and what an advanced lifter needs. I can imagine that you've probably done some of this with Joe, and I know you were getting to some of this yourself. I haven't seen so much a reduction. I don't necessarily talk a reduction in volume, but maybe a reduction in total volume, but almost a almost higher, higher quality volume. Does that make yeah. sense? Like when Ron programmed me three sets of 12 on face pulls, well, that's not like RP or some bodybuilding programs I did where I would have five or six sets. Mm-hmm. If I only got three sets, I know I got to go ham on three mm-hmm. sets. They get the same muscle breakdown I get out of four or five, like three sets, I got to make it fucking count. Yeah. Like, those are the things you look for when you're more advanced mm-hmm. is the quality of the high volume. But really, I'm telling you in the beginning, volume hardly ever is an issue. Yeah. You know, within reason, you shouldn't be doing 10 sets of. 20 on everything you do right but you know you know what you I mean? should but you like, should not be able to move you yeah, should not absolutely. be bedridden after a workout. yeah absolutely and everybody's got mev mrv and stuff like that but listen at the end of the day you're practicing your craft if you end up you know if you're a lighter weight lifter um if you're female or a lighter weight lifter there's a lot of times those those lifters mine get four and five sets of squats and deadlifts mm-hmm. me and you if i program for you right now you might have one set or two sets of deadlifts, mm-hmm. you know, depending on, you know, yeah. you might have a drop set afterwards, but you're not, your actual working set, you're not going to do three, four, five. Right. Of. But there's definitely a pl- time and a place for somebody to be, I myself right now, pretty advanced level lifter, especially compared to the gym clock crowd, and I'm doing five and six sets of squats right now. Mm-hmm. Is that going to work for me during prep? No, but I'm not in prep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, all those things have to be considered, man. And like I said, volume very rarely is an issue. Um, the only thing I have to say is that as you get better, your perspective on volume shifts. Right. Me and you can take three sets to an RPE of nine or 10 and be confident in the fact that we went to failure. Most beginning lifters do not know what failure is yet. Yeah. So maybe more volume benefits them a mm-hmm. little bit. So things to consider in terms of a template too. Yeah. So. All right. Well. 
Dad jokes? Dad jokes. I don't know if I had. I didn't prepare for this. I saved several. And I will find them. Because I saved them on Instagram. And if Instagram would cooperate with me. There we go. Uh, We're already turning people on. Logan Leverett, you're such a good dude. We're already turning people on to our uh, Spotify list here. Oops. Um, Account. Somehow I signed into the Sip It and Rip It account instead of my personal account. (laughs) Dad jokes. (laughs) We're always always going to dad says jokes. That's it again. I I saved several that were not, if I can find them. Okay, so this is a little... It's not super long, but it's longer than the normal. But... My son told me he learned that octopuses can climb through small cracks, so he's scared to swim in the ocean because an octopus might climb inside his butt, and now I'm scared of the ocean too. Yeah, you know, Kristen's, I think Kristen posted that one, and I, cra- <laughs> I cracked up about that one so good. Uh, me and you were about to live this life because uh, I know absolutely getting my jaws wrapped over this one when I was a kid, like not wanting what mom cooked for dinner or what dad was picking oh, up for dinner, yeah. like got me in all kinds of shit. But uh, dad asks, would you like anything to eat for dinner? Son says, what are my choices? And dad says, yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be a spoiled little shit. Uh, so do you know what group of people never get angry? What's up? Nomads. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Um, I told the nurse I was bitten by a wolf. Where, she asked. I said, no, regular. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did you hear the joke I told about the footwear of a guy with one foot? What? It was a flop. <laughs> uh, your veterinarian is not going to tell you this, but if your dog is running a fever, go to the store and buy some mustard. It's the best thing for a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I would disagree, <laughs> but I'm a weirdo and I eat mayo and ketchup on my hot dogs. I like mustard and relish. Mustard. And okay, relish. so... First of all, I don't turn my nose about like if I'm doing like a Chicago dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like relish and mustard, everything but the tomato. Yeah, the celery salt, poppy seed bun, the whole nine. Well, that's pretty fucking good. I'll eat mustard in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, I don't reach for the mustard first. Though. So it's funny enough, uh, Joe Sullivan got a question today. I was just going through a story. Mustard comes up in his story all the time. It does. It does. <laughs> and someone asked him, "What's the deal with mustard? Is it anabolic or what?" And he was like, "Um." No, it's not anabolic. <laughs> it just has zero calories and tastes good. <laughs> Apparently, and I, <coughs> I vaguely remember this. Apparently, there was some story on either his or, or Bree's uh, Instagram of him putting mustard on a Pop-Tart and eating it. It is what it is, I guess. Ah, fucking nope. Nope, that's a big nope. <laughs> that's a bi- I don't care. I will say this. Theoretically... <laughs> Everybody's heard mustard will get rid of cramps, right? Mm-hmm. Theoretically, because of the salt and the potassium content, it could have, while albeit low, it could have performance-enhancing benefits <laughs> by the nature of what it is. That's all I'm saying. I mean, you might have to drink a whole bottle of mustard to see those benefits, but like, you know, I, I've cramped. I, I remember Brandon and Allen programs where I was like week one coming off into a new block where my hamstrings and quads would cramp so bad after a set of squats that I couldn't fucking move, and I bet you I would have drank a fucking bottle of mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody's willing to try, 
Will it pre-workout? A bottle of mustard. Let, let us know. <laughs> a, a whole bottle of mustard. I feel like if it's if it helps with cramps, though, okay. that's not going to be something that you want to take before your workout, but after. It could prevent them if you take it before, because I mean it's could electrolytes, it? salt and I, potassium, I suppose, electrolytes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. This makes sense. Mix it in. Anybody with your that wants cap. to just try it, and maybe even if you got to like inch it up to find the threshold, maybe it's not a whole bottle of mustard, <laughs> or maybe it's not a whole jar of pickle juice, but like if there's like a threshold. If y'all want to experiment with that and let us know, we'd be willing to mix up, <laughs> mix up some uh, pickle juice and mustard and a little scoop, a little scoop of BCAAs or something. No, some maybe creatine. some ga- Gatorade powder, <laughs> you know, just something, you know, just mix it all up together. Tell us what it, tell us how that experience goes. We'll uh, film it if you can, and we'll repost it. <laughs> we will definitely repost it. if there's anybody. Uh, lacking sanity out there. You know there. who listens every week? Braxton Miller. <laughs> Braxton, you're a great guy. I talked you up pretty good last week, buddy. When you listen to this, pre-workout, you got to try the mustard for us and just <laughs> let us know <laughs> if there's any performance-enhancing benefits <laughs> to mustard prior to your workout. And I think it may take a few times. You might have to figure out how to get the dose correct to feel a difference. <laughs> But uh, just let us know. Experiment with the mustard, my friend. That's that's your homework for the week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we will repost it, and we'll to we our will... one person that listens all every week. <laughs> <laughs> to our one, no, there, there's a few. There's a few. Uh, Kevin Heatherly listens to it all the time. Um, Thanks, Kevin. And I, I know Anthony listens to it regularly. Anthony, yeah. I don't know if he listens to it every episode. But he By the way, he did start my programming this week, and yep. that guy, God, he worked out with me and Sandy last night. God damn, that kid's strong. He's very strong. He posted, or he sent me, I don't know if he posted his 405 for three sets of three. Yeah. Um, pretty ridiculous. On a Zercher now. We're not talking yeah. about a back squat. No. This, this is, guy is holding on to it with his biceps. Yep. <laughs> like, so. stuff that would tear a normal person's arms off. Like, there would there would be no holding it. I'm ready for him to hit that Zercher squat so we can be uh, more power to him. I'm happy he's got that goal. But I'm ready for him to hit that Zercher squat so that we can... Uh, Moving to powerlifting because I, I really do think that kid. I think I, I think that kid's gonna total eighteen hundred pounds with me. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. No, I definitely think. If, now, I, mean, I think he might have. Other than you, he might have the greatest two K potential of any of us at the moment. Now let me ask you this because <laughs> I actually talked to him about this. What weight class do you think should fit his frame? He may not want to be this big, but two seventy five or three oh eight. I told him two seventy five. He said he wanted to be two forty two or two twenty, and I was like, "You do not want to be two twenty. No, first of all, in Alabama, you're going to get your ass drug at two twenty or two forty two. Like the um, sweet spot really is if you want to be like one of the strongest guys in the state. Two seventy five or three oh eight isn't necessarily up for the taking because mm-hmm. you have to deal with tank. Yeah, tank but, is strong. Um, definitely for his for his potential. 275 or 308. I, I said 242 to 275 because he does say he feels a little better, a little lighter. I said uh, 275 would fill your frame out a lot better because you're already I, naturally I big. I tell you what would be a great experiment for him. First meet be SPF and go 259. Yeah. Find that out. Sense. That makes sense. You know what I mean? I, I, I'll be honest with you. He is too tall and too broad to be at 242. That's fair. He, he's yeah, a little he's, bit taller than me, but he is very. I, I think broad. actually, I think it's a video I saw Joe post a long time ago talking about like what needs what weight class you need to be for your frame. Mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if a professional didn't tell him two seventy five or heavier or three hundred eight. Yeah. yeah, I know Brandon told me specifically. He's like, if you ever want to make noise in this, like if you ever want to actually be good, you're gonna have to be a three hundred eight mm-hmm. or super heavyweight. I personally don't want to make that sacrifice. Yeah, and, and Anthony might not either. But mm-hmm. like, when you're six foot plus. 
and you know you have three foot shoulders, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna look a little weird in two forty two. I saw him say you're gonna be a fucking beanpole in two forty two. So that's why I said <clears throat> for him he would have to water cut to two forty two and walk around in the two fifties all day. Yeah. yeah. Like his, Best case scenario. His training weight would have to be... Cause meat, he, meat day weight's going to have to be in the 250s because yeah. like, there's no way he survives 240 at a genuine 242. No, 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 no. that is simply a weigh-in goal. Yeah. Um, but but I, I honestly think that he's a 275. That's, that's and, what I said. But too. here's the thing. I think that he can have... I think he can have both. Mm-hmm. Like he needs he needs to recomp inside of the 275 weight class. That it might sense. mean him losing to 242 and regaining, yeah. but he needs to recomp in, in, into 275. Yeah. I, I would also agree. Like that I, could I be think, a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we just came, came up with a. I mean, a, but you've a, you've done that, and you've I, honestly since you did your cut to two hundred, mm-hmm. you have been stronger than you have ever been. Stronger, heavier. You're you're, uh, you're heavier, but you look the same as you did at two hundred right now, and you're forty pounds heavier. I wouldn't say that. My stomach well, was much smaller. Well, my well what I'm saying is like just visually, just standing like here my now, frame. Like you don't look like the same. The last time you were in the two forties. You look much leaner than you did the last time you yeah. were in the 240s. And you're, you know, you're, you're a lean guy anyway. You mm-hmm. wasn't fat by no means in the 240s, but you look like a healthier 240 than you were yeah. the last time. No, definitely. I definitely think the cut was but good. Strength kind of went fucking crazy for a little while before you got with Joe. Like, yeah. When you started putting that weight back on. Yeah. It went no, kind of fucking nuts. To it, be honest. it definitely <laughs> did. And a recomp does a lot for people. Yeah. It, it made a big difference. And I, and I explained that to him too. I said, you know, if you did cut down, you know, you'd want to gain that way back yeah. up. And I explained to him when I went from 200, because when I cut to 200, I was closer to 230. I was in the 230, the mid 230s. And then when I gained my weight back up, I got all the way up to 250. Yeah. So like that, obviously that cut enabled me to put more weight on. So I cut down, I kept my muscle mass. And when I ate food again, I just blew up again. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, I can get somewhere. I, I don't necessarily think I want to be in the 275s competing, but I do think I I can get to a point where I can maximize a 242 frame. Yeah, and that's the end goal. Yeah, absolutely. And my my goal, short term or even long term though, is to maximize 275. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, if you're talking about max, maximizing a weight class, you're going to have to cut in bulk. And we've talked mm-hmm. about that before. That could be a whole other podcast too. Yeah. But, uh, Man, but you want to talk about it. So back to the original point, that's another thing that a coach should help guide you through. They should mm-hmm. be able to identify, hey, you're a big dude. You need to be this weight class, and you need to be the healthiest you can be inside that weight class. Yeah. Joe's honestly a perfect example of that, man. He's about as yoked as a 220 can be. Oh, yeah. I think I think he, he's, he walks at, around at 240. Look at John Hacks as he's been bigger. He, mm-hmm. there, ain't, there ain't nothing but muscle on that fucking yeah. guy. Like he started out at a really healthy body weight at like 181, but I mean he's been able to maximize his frame to 220 mm-hmm. easily because of diet, mm-hmm. you know, and everything else. I mean he's he's definitely taken advantage of that completely. Uh, probably less so, or at least in a less smart way. You think about like Larry Wills back in the day when he was still competing. Like these guys are extremely, extremely lean and extremely healthy body composition for their mm-hmm. weight classes. Yeah, even when Larry went to 308 and broke all the records. Has a lot 208, uh, 308 at 286, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, broke all of Little Ridge's records. Like, that guy was still an extremely, extremely healthy frame. Right. Like, that pays. Like, mm-hmm. a coach should be able to tell you those things, too. And I hope to know, as a coach, I hope to know more about how to how to manipulate that. Stuff. Yeah. So, another rant. Another rant for another day. So, thank you guys for listening. If you made it this long, we appreciate you, um, all three of you. Thank you. Thank you for listening.
Uh, rate us five stars on Spotify if you haven't already. Uh, download the episodes. It helps us out. You don't have to keep them downloaded, but just download them one time. That, yep. That works for us. And we are also on Apple. If you, for some reason, are listening on Apple. Even as an Apple user, I use Spotify. I had a hard time finding it on Apple. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Spotify is just the place to go. I've I've wondered if if I should stop paying RSS to put us on all these platforms and just do Spotify because I cannot pay. On There's some new podcast platforms we should discuss too. I think yeah. that the the other nerds in the state is doing our competitors. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> competitors. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if we want to touch on that or not. It Maybe is, we should have them on and do a joint podcast. That would be interesting. We'd have to, we'd have to figure something out because this room is not big enough for five people. Maybe we're gonna have to be like, "Hey, man, start bench cut." Like, <laughs> figure your lineup because we're staying. <laughs> I mean, I definitely feel like we can fit four people. Yeah, we can do four. Five is. Is pushing it. Five is pushing it. I don't know. I'm looking Maybe around. We reach out for them. We also got, I'll, I'll tell you this, and I won't say much more. Nathan doesn't know this either, but we just got an interesting uh, proposition from a strongman group uh, out of the state of Mississippi. So maybe we could start endorsing some uh, or sponsoring some uh, lifting events. Might help us get out there a little bit. Hmm. Who knows? I'll give us ideas. <laughs> I, I didn't know anything about it. We'll have to talk about well, that. Well, I just later. read the message. So. Oh, word, word. All yeah, right. when I was posting all that stuff to uh, the all the PR songs earlier, it was the first time I saw those messages. Oh, man. Yep. That's interesting. Well, we'll let you guys know as things develop then. <laughs> we finished it. We did. And now I got to pee. Same. <laughs>